Episode 303 of the Saturn Studs Podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my peacemaking co-hosts, Peter and Jake. That's right, Kurt. Uh, this week we're coming at you with the impending delivery edition of the cast. I can see the future, and it's a calzone scheduled for 8 o'clock with, with some, with some rony rolls. To accompany it. So are you saying that about 20 minutes, you might disappear from the show? I'm saying that I will get a call from a certain individual. And I will decline that call because I don't have to do shit for the delivery guy. (laughs) I will, in fact, directly (laughs) snub him and make him leave the food on the radiator in the lobby. Mm, I see, I see. Now Where it will stay warm in the vestibule chip paint, and there will be a security camera pointed right at it. Now that puts us right in the middle of Trey Watch. Um, I propose we add a segment before we do the follow-up where we just watch Peter eat, and he gives a little food review. Like a mukbang? A little, a little podcast mukbang. I'm liking this idea. Audio only <laughs> on our audio. Only I mean, cast. really amp up that gain so we get the lip smacking. <laughs> oh, Peter's gain is set plenty fucking high. My mm. <laughs> Discord is any indication. But it, the bar show up so tiny on my audacity. <laughs> yes, actually, um, I forgot to mention this before the show, and I'm going to let behind the scenes bleed on air. <laughs> Uh, Peter, you need to adjust your gain up a little bit. Jake, you need to adjust your gain down a little bit. Okie dokie. We will, I will make those changes next episode because we're still rolling live. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna... Pre-recorded live. <laughs> Pre-recorded live. Live on Live. Tape. Coming at you as always. Thank you for letting us invade your homes and be those peacekeepers that just <laughs> broke down your doors amphibiously or in the air uh, and, and you know, entered right into your ear holes. Because, uh, of course, we're coming at you live, as always, from the peaceful Ukraine. Yes, city center, Kiev. Love it. Nothing going on here. It's quiet. It's quiet. Check those CCTVs and don't listen to the news. Because we're all good here. Those sirens... That's just the sound of my people. Don't be racist. <laughs> Ukraine, where the first two letters are UK. And I go, yeah. <laughs> and it says, is this Zelensky saying this? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> he hasn't taken our calls. We don't know if he's okay. You kept going. And as you were going, I was like, don't fucking say Ukraine. Don't say Ukraine. And then you said Ukraine. And I didn't want you to say Ukraine because it was going to be the one thing that sent me over the fucking edge. <laughs> and now I've got the giggles. <laughs> we got to do fucking tray watch. <laughs> well, we. Oh, we're making light of. Hey, that's how we cope. Time. We cope. We cope with the impending doom of World War Three. But hey, you know what? 
our hearts go out to the people in Ukraine. Stay safe. I've never been this happy to be over 25. Uh, right? <laughs> Ooh, I am. I saw a dead man on the internet today. Ooh. I, I saw a live video. My, there, was, there was a corpse in the street. My coworker oh told me at work, at, at in my place of work, say, Jake, you got to get off Twitter and go to the, where the real news comes from. That's 4chan. And boy, boy, did I pull up a website and immediately a porn ad. (laughs) And I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? Hey, wait, Jake, is this your first exposure? Actually, yeah, I have never gone into 4chan because I hate, I hate those. The infamous hacker 4chan. (laughs) Jake. Oh, no, Jake. I mean... Yeah. You were living such a sheltered no, life. No, no, I've, I've tempered myself. I've tempered myself. I've had I've had the cringe of 9gag. I've had the severity of hidden lol and e-fucked. Uh, so I've really just abused my eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, it's a PETA infraction. <laughs> and... Um, yeah. Uh yeah, I I it is actually kind of remarkable how fast they get stuff onto 4chan. You just got to filter through the the vulgar racism and and you know, shit and like literal shit, uh, literal shit, uh, yeah, uh, corpses and and other stuff. So, but then you end up getting to the oh, look, they were the first ones to like report on like Chernobyl stuff. So, whatever. <laughs> hot news. Hot news coming out of Chernobyl. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, I needed that. I needed that, like right away. Thank you, 4chan. Like nuclear hot. <laughs> oh boy, this is gonna date the podcast uh, too. Love it. And we are watching that news as intensely as we are watching the trailers this week. In our yes, segment, it is our lighthearted entertainment segment. Tray Watch, where we watch movie trailers and talk about what's coming up in the theaters. And, you know, isn't that really what's most important? <laughs> how how the upcoming features look. Um, so we've got a, a couple of trailers here. Not too many. This is definitely the, uh, the talk to last week's tick in our... Uh, recurrent TikTok trailer release oh. pattern mm-hmm. that we've noticed. Um, let's I know kick Jake, it off just, with... Jake just pogged because we said tick and talk within the same sentence. Yeah, but the I was about to bust it down sexual style and uh, go with the sauce. Go to with the sauce. About to uh, you know worked up. Yeah, I'm just a corked up white boy, <laughs> and I'm uh, trying to uh, bust some Charlie D'Amelio moves on my TikTok. You know, Gangnam style, right? Gangnam style. <laughs> Gangnam, gotta gang them. Get a bunch of utes together and yeah. you gang them. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, Gangnam style. Uh, yeah, no, there there is not a whole lot. I mean, like the only like, oh well, I guess we got hustle, but like the only other new trailer that we have is like the most teasery teaser trailer. I love this ad because they did it like an advertisement I did too. for an actual railway. I did too. I, I actually do like this uh, this teaser trailer. It's got trains. I like trains. Yeah, so it's bullet train. Um, uh, we kick it off with like 
some kids, and it's like got was this is it Brad Pitt voicing this shit? Yes. Um, so he kind of like set it in like the Asian style, which is known for its bullet trains and whatever. Um, harkens back to the uh, uh, <laughs> the Asian style. It's known for its bullet trains yeah. or whatever, man. <laughs> Japan is the country. Yeah, well, I mean, a, a lot. I mean, Korea. <laughs> I like taking. I, you know, I like taking my plane over to. Get my passport, get a stamp for Asian style. Asian style. Well, I didn't know if it was Japan or, or Korea. Uh, South Korea's got a lot of... You literally see Mount Fiji. Is that Mount Fiji? Mount Fiji. <laughs> I lo- Dude, the springs on Mount Fiji. It's <laughs> where Fiji water comes from. Fiji. <laughs> Oh, uh, is that the, is that the mountain? For those is that that apple mountain? Yeah. Where all the apples are from? Yeah. All right. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, it looks like yeah. a little white nipple, okay. Um, I mean, it's a big, it's a I big it white Fuji, nipple. but I committed to that bit. <laughs> um, yes. Mount Fiji. It is, it is where you get it's the... It's like Poland Spring, it's a real thing, Mount Fiji. <laughs> it is where you get the pokey flute, um, for, to wake up Snorlax, of course. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, you see Mount Fuji a couple times, actually. They're really, uh, pushing that, hey, we're Japan. So numbskulls like myself don't have to embarrass himself by calling this Asian style bullet trains. <laughs> I don't know. It could be South Korea, Japan, Malaysia. I don't know who else got bullet trains? China, probably a couple. I don't know. Uh, or they just have. So is like, yeah. I guess this is this is the misleading uh, advertisement for what I'm assuming. What we're all assuming is going to be an action movie. Um, an action, an action or a thriller or something like that. Yeah, because uh, um, uh, better get thrown off this train and fucking splatter into into meat paste. Yep. Uh, we got Brad Pitt in the end, looking battered and bruised as he uh, scuffed, as the children yeah, would say. Yeah, he's he's hurt and pain as he watches the sun come up or come out of a tunnel. I don't. I don't know. It's kind of just chillaxing. Reminds me of... Uh, I well, I'm going to compare this to the last uh, train heist movie I saw, which was The Silver Streak from 1976, starring Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor in like a... Well, Richard Pryor, he, he like had a cameo kind of deal, but it was it, Gene Wilder in like a... in an action movie, kind of. It was it was certainly a film. Peter, once again, you are doing an immaculate job of blurring the lines of of your age. Are you are you twenty six or are you in fact uh, fifty two? I don't I don't know. I mean, I with how often I have to use the bathroom, I I may be geriatric. Kirk can attest to this. Kurt, it was it was prostate problems the whole time. It's not exactly the frequency, which is impressive. It's the duration. Oh no no no! Like in last. that thirty minutes, I went eight times. I got up, I walked to the door, and I said, <laughs> "Oh shit!" <laughs> oh, except not shit, piss. I had to go back again <laughs> because because <laughs> prostate is the, the size of a bowling ball. <laughs> 
As long as we're... Now, you got on Jake and mine's case for making fun of Ukraine, but you're making fun of the equally serious <laughs> prostate cancer. Yeah, come on. Do you know all men? Oh, no. Should they I live long enough? I fun of prostate cancer. I'm just making fun of prostates. Just the unfortunate fact that it doesn't stop growing. It didn't get the memo with the rest of your body. This happens, PSA, all men. Your prostate's a grower, not a shower. It'll keep going all the way till you're dead. See, that's that's what guys need to understand. It's not the size that matters because your prostate will eventually get there. And women need to start finding that sexy and not, you know, other members. Because we're going to grow in a lot of places that are unpleasant as we get older into our 40s and 50s. We're going to grow hair in weird areas. Our cells change, <laughs> but our prostate is going to become engorged. And that is what, you know, society should really be identifying as, uh, you know, our worth. Hey, I, what I'm asking is, I'm, I'm asking that the UN give sovereignty to my prostate as it encroaches on my bladder and recognizes it as a legitimate gain of territory. Breaking news, my fiancé has just identified my prostate as an independent, sovereign nation. As an independent, erogenous zone. She plans within the next... 48 to 72 hours to commence a full-on invasion. It's a two-pronged attack on both fronts. (laughs) We have our best man leading the the charge, Colonel Angus. (laughs) They're calling it Operation One on the Pole and One in the Hole. No news of allies. That's bullet train. <laughs> I was, yeah. I was, oh, yeah, Jay. Really? Cut you up. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, as long as we're not, we're sharing our train, train movie likes, this is my train movie. Train to Basan. Yeah, good it's, just a, it's just a South Korean train movie. I mean, was it a good train? Uh, Would you have wanted to have been on that train? I mean, train? it was a pretty... Like, I don't think the I, train itself... I mean, the circumstances, no. But the train itself seemed like it was pretty dope. And I'm like, let's get some of this shit in America. Because these trains are spiffy. Right. If that or Snowpiercer. Oh, Snowpiercer. Captain America watches a man gets his arm frozen off. I ate a child. Uh, you know? <laughs> the best part. Gave birth to, gave birth to one of my favorite meme formats. You know what I hate most about me? Insert whatever. Like, my, my most used one is, you know what I hate most about me? I know what Aqua's other songs sound like. <laughs> I know that Dr. Pepper is the best. (laughs) (laughs) So many flavors, so many spices. Isn't it like 27? 23. 23. 23, yeah. Which are not just Coke and root beer. Of what? They never said. They made it up. They use 57 tomatoes per bottle. Especially the mustard. Are these new? 
It's under incredible pressure. <laughs> why don't I see... That's why, why it squirts out so readily. Why don't I see more Dr. Pepper flavors? I just see always normal and, like, diet. But there is a dark berry... That's that's not. Oh, you're saying what they, they have mean they by have like Dr. Pepper it's not, flavor styles. Yeah, but Jake, but what they mean by 23 flavors is not like a Baskin Robbins 31 flavors situation. They got whatever different spices and shit. Yeah, here, uh, 20, a blend yep, of 23 ICD. flavors. But if you Google image search Dr. Pepper flavors, you start getting. Weird shit like Dr. Pepper Fantastic Chocolate with a football on it for some reason. And, uh, you know, zero sugar cherry and cream soda. And I'm like, I need more of this in my life. Mm-hmm. Or Dr. Pepper Cherry Dessert Topper. So you can be sad. <laughs> That's so specific. Yeah, I know. It's it's to go with the Dr. Pepper cake. It's <laughs> supposed to drizzle on Dr. Pepper cake. <laughs> What the fuck's wrong with Dr. Pepper? Anybody call him? Is he okay? <laughs> He's up here making chocolate soda. <laughs> He's going through a midlife crisis. Wait, oh wait, it, wasn't there a fucking like drink in the fifties that was like an egg? It was called an egg cream. And oh it was, yeah, like carbonated yeah. chocolate milk, and it literally no part of that drink made sense. <laughs> egg cream, yeah. Ah, yeah. yeah I, know about egg cream. I would have just called this a chocolate shake. Well, it's not thick like a shake. It's like carbonated. What the fuck? Sounds yeah. illegal. That sounds like it's like a fuck. It's like if you had to go to a, a soda bar and get them to personally make you a yoohoo. Like if you had to get a yoohoo custom made. You had to like pay a man to make one individual yoohoo for you right. instead of that's why you, drinking it I out think of that's a pouch why, uh, like you should, like the industrial product it is. Well, I think back in those days, uh, yoohoo did not exist, and the the discovery of yoohoo rocked civilization to its very core, as it really drove off the egg cream because people realized, hey. I can just get the same shit out of a fucking yeah. can. Here, here's a little factoid from Merriam-Webster. Uh, the egg and egg cream is thought by some to be a corruption of a Yiddish word meaning authentic or genuine. Ech. But the name has been used since the early 19th century for various drinks that could sometimes contain actual eggs or cream. Mm. I feel like that's... that might not be it like i personal personal theory is that like you know how sours are made right where you take an egg white and you shake it with your drink of and course. it makes big old foam on top of course well maybe if you put an egg on cream and you shook it and you pour it out like sour maybe there was a little foam on the top possibly no nah, that's impossible and that's bullet train baby and that's bullet <laughs> <laughs> now let's hustle on over to our next trailer. Oh, we only have a few trailers. Sees eighty minute tray watch. Oh, what the fuck happened there? Well, we'd like to keep Went them up. guessing because if they're gonna look at the uh, timestamps beforehand, they're gonna say, "Oh my god, look at all these trailers I gotta listen to." And then it's two, and it's just us talking about egg creams <laughs> for fucking thirty <laughs> minutes. 
and not talking about what we should be talking about, which is what the fuck's going on with Adam Sandler's face? <laughs> Why did he get a yeah. what landed uh, on his face? It was so genuine. <laughs> what wrapped around his face? He looks like um oh what's the magnetic hair dude? Where's the little plastic magnet? <laughs> I was. You know what I'm talking about? No, I was gonna say the thing from Life, the alien from Life. I think that <laughs> curled up under his chin. Uh, Wooly Willy. Wooly Willy. Yeah, I uh, wouldn't have never gotten Woody Willy or Wooly whatever Willy. the fuck it was. Yeah. <laughs> Woody Willie's a different oh, toy entirely. Yeah. <laughs> that was the uh they were they were workshopping that one and uh they were trying to make one for the adults, but it never passed the FDA. Yeah. I can't really I get a magnet strong enough to pull point. it through. It was it was just iron filings in a plastic box. <laughs> you had a magnet and you dragged the iron filings to the correct place on the face for what kind of Facial hair you wanted to give Wooly Willy. That was the extent of the to- That's what they called a toy in the 50s. <laughs> they called it chocolate with carbonated water and egg cream. And they called this shit a toy. This a- I think I think they forgot, like, d- d- were the dictionary... Did they all die in World War II? Did, it, did Miriam Webster, like, fucking recall his entire staff to the, to the bounds of hell? See, they had to compete with with famous toys like, like, like stick and a hoop, hoop stick, uh, ball on stick, ball on stick, and uh, all the kids were going outside with sticks and balls, and uh, they had hoops too that they would just kick around the yard. So they had to get clever on a budget, and this is what they came up with: raw ore iron filings <laughs> that probably was contaminated with some. Yeah, waste. Oh no, it's definitely lead to start. <laughs> like, there's no way that shit was iron. Oh, I know lead's not magnetic, but they made it work. They found a way. No, Willy, Willy, more lead. Get it, pick it oh. up now at your local KB Toys. I don't know if KB, how old KB Toys is, but back when like buying unleaded gasoline was like more expensive or less expensive or whatever, because it like you looked down upon. For buying unleaded gasoline, you want as much lead as you can get. Unleaded. I only get the most yeah. amount of lead. Yeah. I only, there was no octane. There was just lead concentration. <laughs> and 90 parts per million was the highest they sold. What is this shit, Adam Sandler? Yeah, he did go through a, a you know, all of it. <laughs> uh, little Nicky, little Nicky here was uh was something. Yeah, that was a moment. Yeah. Um. um but he. So he's also, going for the. Yeah. He's going for the dramatic role again. Um. <laughs> he and the uh, the alien from Life are going to try to try to win an Oscar. They're going for it again. Uncut gems didn't do it. Uncut Hustle gems. will. Yeah, I was amused. He's got LeBron James this time. LeBron James, the Midas touch. Everyone loved Space Jam 2, made a lot of money. 
Uh, those are two things. Career. Two things it definitely did. You don't need to look those up. You can take my word for it. 100% happened in real life, actually, factually. Um, him and Adam Sandler, who's cranked out hit after hit after hit, like Jack and Jill and Sandy Wexler and Hubie Halloween. What is the point of this movie? It's um, so good. There are a lot of Jewish people who like basketball and like the fact that Adam Sandler is Jewish. And there is also a competing um, basketball drama series being shown, I believe, on, I believe, HBO Max. Oh. Um, let me see if I can't find what it was, because I think we talked about it, maybe. Oh, it just seems like, hey, you're white. I get it. You're not going to be as good. But if you work your butt off and you train like Rambo and we put you through these crazy obstacle courses and you work your tail off, you'll get that white power you need. Come on, brother. Like that. I don't know. It just oh, seems yep. odd. Uh, the show's called Lakers. Oh, right. About the... Uh... 70s Lakers or whatever. Yep. And that's on HBO Max. Let's see if there's more so. information because I really didn't get much from the trailer. It's just Adam Sandler like coaching this guy who's got a bunch of tats. Well, you see, Jake, this is a teaser oh, trailer. Oh, is it a teaser trailer? This, this is part of a much longer trailer to come, which what may in f- fact be a mini movie. Well, here we have the perfect juxtaposition with Bullet Train as a good teaser compared to this, which is a bad teaser. Where in this, even I was confused that this being an actual trailer, and I just immediately wrote it off as just a bad trailer. But now you know it's part of a worse trailer. Yeah. A washed-up basketball scout discovers a phenomenal streetball player while in Spain. What? When was he in Spain? (laughs) Before the movie, he brought him over, you see. No. He kidnapped him from his family. Was that... Stuffed him in the, in the cargo. Was that... In, like, is this a sequel? Was there a first movie called Shuffle? Like, where he, like, first met the guy? Yeah, maybe. And sees the prospect has his opportunity to get back into the NBA. Oh, Adam Sandler is selfish and wants to get back into the limelight. And uses this poor Spanish kid as a means to get there. I bet you there's going to be a scene where he's like, you're only doing this for yourself. And Adam Sandler's like, yeah. Wait. But also wait for second. you. Is this, did Adam Sandler go to Spain? Did he do the fucking vacation destination film shoot strat? I didn't. Don't think so, because not enough of this movie is set in Spain to have yeah. justified actually shooting there. Okay. I it's honestly I mean, it not. It looks like they're in Philadelphia for, for most of it. Yeah, and honestly, that's just probably a green screen. They're probably in like Toronto. Or what's the what's a big Canadian town that they go to? And do all like the New York City shots? Uh, they do Vancouver a Vancouver. lot because it's uh, it looks like L.A. or just Southern California mm. in general. Um, 
Psych. One of my favorite TV shows is set in Santa Barbara and filmed in Vancouver. You'd think they'd like want to like include that idea in like big urban city planning sort of stuff. Like, how can we make this low cost, random city in the middle of nowhere, like I don't know, Columbus, Ohio, and turn that into a place that looks like New York City or something? That's why there are a lot of movies filmed in places like, uh, well, uh, like Bulgaria and shit where, like, you can get a crew for real cheap and you can make it look enough like wherever you're trying to film that it passes as such. (laughs) It works. You get a lot of cheap, like, sci-fi original movies. Hear this and other stories in uh, Hail to the Chin, Further Confessions of a B-Movie Actor by Bruce Campbell. Mm. Yeah, Makes sense. Like, if you can make Steven Seagal look like he's fighting, you can make, you can make anything look like anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure they went to Buffalo and filled, uh, filmed uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that I think took place in like New York City. So... Well, Albany, on the other side of the Erie Canal, the fun side of the Erie Canal, uh, has been New York City in two movies. The Other Guys, a comedy classic, and Salt, a big blockbuster motion picture at the time. Salt. Huh. That's pretty salty. Yeah, you are salty because we had Angelina Jolie. We had a Quiet Place Part Two in Akron <laughs> because they said it looked like a shithole and they didn't have to do much. <laughs> so who really wins? We had Jim from The Office. <laughs> He's making movies now. I remember when he was scouting locations, there was like, all my friends from back home would be sharing shit where they're like, oh my god, John Krasinski spotted at local coffee shop. And just people bombarding him with like, "Eh." because he's a giant. (laughs) He's so tall. Not that tall. Gracing Akron with his presence. He did. Did Grace Akron? Well, nothing ever happens in Akron. It's like uh, Grace Akron definitely sounds like an like an actress's name. Yeah, I could I could see that. Maybe someone born in Akron for extra irony. Um, although I guess that would be totally expected. Hmm. Um, yeah, hustle. It actually it looks like it might not be the worst movie that Netflix put out mm-hmm. this year. Um, and it it just has that intrigue. You know, every time you see Adam Sandler in a drama, you're like, that can't work, can it? That can't possibly work. So you have to, you have to watch it to see if it's a train wreck. And then... It's Sometimes like, it's not bad. It's, it's, it's a, uh, on, a, on occasion... He was pretty good in Uncut Gems, Uncut Gems. I will say. There's a meme going on about. <laughs> Why do you say it like that? I got. I'll have to show you the meme. Um, 
Is this some TikTok yeah, shit? Yeah, it's because... Um, you fucking Zoomer. What's her name? Uh, what, whoever Kanye's uh, now ex-girlfriend, but her, her mo- his most recent girlfriend... Um, Whatever, Kardashian? No, no, no. So he, he's divorcing Kim. Um, Pete Davidson? No. Uh, <laughs> I know all the memes about like Pete Davidson dressed in crazy shit to make him look stupid. Be like, this really villain Kanye's life right now? I've seen those. Mm-hmm. Julia Fox. Kind of... So Julia Fox had an interview... With somebody, and she is very pretentious when she talks to this one girl about how she was the muse. She was like, well, I was this guy's muse for uncut jams. Okay. Um, I'll just add a little context. Pop that bad no, I think, boy. I think I got it. Right in there. Uncut. Okay, this is uh. It wait, wait. Is she the one with the with with the squinty eyes or the one with with the crazy eyes? Crazy eyes. Who's on the right? Uh, five twenty six. I see. That's where the uh the meme five comes from. Twice. Did she invent Donda too? Uh, no, I don't think so. Would you consider yourself Yee's muse? Yeah, I'm listening now. <laughs> Here we go. What's a muse? Oh, and they they clipped it up for like um, comedic effect on TikTok, but people have been ripping on her the way she says uncut gems left and right because it sounds like she says uncut joms. I have yet to hear her say it though. Says that like five. 550 or something? 545? 540? Maybe, maybe you were yapping over I'm it. sorry. Oh, wait. Oh, gotcha. Oh, gotcha. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, Just click. the riveting content you came here for. Yep. Clip that. You yep. know, clip. You know, everybody at home, go look up Call Her Daddy Julia Fox. Listen with us in silence. As we, <laughs> as we listen to this uncut jobs or go on tiktok and find some wonderful content creators memeing on this like call me chris and others and mr hamilton bad guys trailer two. Oh, we actually talking about this on to the next trailer go <laughs> i didn't i mean it's fucking bad guys it's another trailer it's it, it showed a lot more of the spawned it, from they saw the billy eilish song and made a movie. They showed a little more of the plot. And Richard Iowate is in it. All right. They might actually not be they might not be as bad as the first trailer made it seem. I'm not saying it's gonna be uh-huh. good. But yeah. like if we were expecting toll train wreck, we might get movie rough around edges i'm just confused because it's just so furry i realized they put i think they put like the cell shading lines around everything now because is it me or does the art style seem different the art style i think changes in the trailer yeah yeah because the like the close-up stuff looks like they like made it more look more like a comic book or something like that 
and then yeah. normal animation when they like pan out. I don't know, maybe. It could be. It could have maybe they the first trailer was just a rough cut. And then to finish it. Yeah. But a lot of fake mustaches Some I've uncut noticed. Uncut gem. Uncut jams. Uncut jams. Don't cut your jams. Don't don't put them in a can. They don't want to be canned. Can jams. Can jams, can jammers don't want to be associated with them. I had to tell people about that in Maryland about can jam, and they were like, "What's that?" And then when I described it, I sounded like a crazy man. Oh, you, See, I mean, that's because the can jam king lives in Buffalo. I, yeah, I know. This. <laughs> I know. I we had a unit, we had a gym class unit on can jam. <laughs> But yeah, no, they were just like, oh, what is that? I've never heard of it. And I'm just like, it's just two pieces of plastic and a Frisbee. And you just roll them up into a tube and you throw it at each other. <laughs> and you hit the Frisbee around. <laughs> and they're like, oh, let's play cornhole instead. I was like, okay. <laughs> it's basketball for white people. <laughs> yeah. And there's some people do tournaments and some people are really good at it. And they get really intense. Ah, shit. Ah, yeah, so that's that's the bad guys. And then there was a Red Band trailer for Studio 666, which just showed more gore. Yay! That's what made... That's what this needed. I I didn't like it at first because there was no blood and gore and guts, but, man, once I saw that, I'm so into it. Once I knew this horror movie was going to have blood and gore and guts, I was like... That's it, Chief. Sign me up. What I needed was Dave Grohl to be movie of the year. Going to pull, going to pull Jake. Not going to watch it. Going to give it best picture. Try it. I mean, it, it, sometimes <laughs> it works. <laughs> uh oh yeah. Okay, okay. Maybe they're just being really gratuitous about the. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> Did you not watch the trailer before? No, because I was like, it's a red, it's like a fucking, oh, Jesus. It's, it's oh my God. Like, this, okay, this is the most red band trailer I've ever seen. Like, because there's, right. they're currently logging in now. I've, oh, you haven't seen it either? I've seen no, red band. I, don't, I like, it was already a trailer out. I'm not going to watch the second trailer. Well, normally they don't add shit to it. And they're just like, because they, like, edit out the blood or something like that in, like, the other ones. Or, or it's just, like, they show somebody getting shot and blood splatter or whatever. And it's like, okay, that's fine or whatever. I didn't expect to see two people fucking and then a chainsaw come out and slice them both in half, okay? That's just not what I was expecting. Huh. Oh, I see. <laughs> well. You should always expect this. <laughs> I've got the weirdest boner right now after seeing that. You gotta so. be on your toes for that kind of shit. Ooh. You do. You never know when it's going to happen to you. Who needs Viagra? Yeah, Just watch this movie trailer. God damn. Nothing like seeing Dave Grohl's guts get eaten out. And yeah, I mean eaten out. Delish. Mm. It's the dish that you fished your wish for. Look, they're just pulling them out like little sausages. The snack that smiles back. Peter, we gotta get that that YouTuber to see if Dave Grohl will sausage. 
Dave Grohl, Will at sausage. Flat sausage. I can't. I can't do a Chicago accent. How many Mark Ruffalos is Dave Grohl sausage gonna get? That's four Mark Ruffalos. Wow, wow Dave Grohl, you sausage pretty well. Uh, that, that's the uh, that, that's 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 the uh, it, it it it's the Dave Grohl sausage. <laughs> that's uh that's that's the end of Trey Watch. Let's go on to the follow up. We want to joke about forty minute Trey Watch. <laughs> and deeper See, into the weeds. There. I thank you for extending that Trey Watch because the prophecy came true. They they it's is now sitting. My food is now sitting in lobby, <laughs> and I will not go down to get it. <laughs> I will look at this this beautiful picture that, that you can definitely see <laughs> the, in this most visual of mediums <laughs> and on this discord call where the phone is definitely not overexposed um, <laughs> so that's it's just going to be there and I want everyone to keep this be mindful of it because I'm hungry and I want you to feel it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Enough belaboring some bullshit. Let's talk about the follow-up. Yeah. Um, follow-up for weekend 6 of 2022, covering the 11th through 13th of February. We have Death on the Nile. What? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was going to say, cause I, which uh, one are you going to do, President's Day or the normal one? Yeah, I uh, I got the wrong cached version. Um. All right, well, we'll we'll stick to our guns and we'll do uh the next move. Yeah, I forgot this came out. My bad. Um, again, seven eighteenth for twenty first President's Day, number one movie in America this week, Uncharted, opening with fifty one point three million dollars. In 4,200 theaters with a per theater take of 12,000. It's actually doing surprisingly well. It's doing well commercially, but uh, I've not heard many good things about it critically. Everyone just kind of agrees that it's a weird casting. Yeah, yeah, I I think I think it is. It doesn't really work. Maybe they're just like hoping Tom Holland will grow facial hair at one point. I think the well, the idea was that this actually the shit worked and they could have Tom Holland be in Uncharted movies for the next ten years. I guess they could. I guess they grow. Sony snagged him. They're like, we finally got. We pulled him on the Spider Man. We hooked him in. (laughs) And we. You know what? That's probably what it is. Is they need someone to do? They need Tom Holland around, so they have someone on hand when their three-year contract rolls around to do a Spider-Man movie, and they <laughs> to to keep him on the payroll in that time. They're just setting up other franchises he can do, so he might be going in like one big franchise circuit for the next decade. I'm. Look look out for him in Fast and the Furious 16. I am kind of curious um, how he how he does. I'm assuming it's probably similar to his Spider-Man role, but 
Um, I did watch uh, his new movie, uh, The Devil Devil Inside Us. Is that what it's called? Something about oh. Devil. Yeah, um, I, I know that one. Yeah, I remember the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, not a bad movie. Uh, pretty good, to be honest. And no, I don't think I got, thought it was going to be a really bad movie. I got to say, Tom no, Holland has some acting chops. Like, he actually is, is surprisingly well. Look out. Look out for that guy. You're going to see him around more than just Spider-Man and Uncharted. Devil inside us. I see. Yeah. Next up, we got Dog. Dog. Oh, dog. It's, it's the movie dog. where the guy falls in love with his dog. You know, remember that Valentine's trailer where they made... Oh, wait. This Is, is this yeah. that? Yeah, it's Valentine's yes, dog. That, that's this okay. be this. I thought I was getting this confused with the power of the dog, which was like <sighs> nominated for like Oscars yeah. and shit. The one that we had no idea what it was. It just yeah. better they cover batch as a cowboy. Yeah. So so now we they just took the power they took all the power away and now it's dog. Yeah. And then you have it's a, just dog. a love story between Shannon Tatum and Dog. Well, <laughs> but made uh, fucking bowloads, I guess. And made good money, seventeen million dollars. That's that's not nothing. I want to see a one hundred percent decrease in theaters. Budget's got to be low when the uh, <laughs> the other main actor is a dog. So, <laughs> turns out he was a dog. They were dogs. He was. They were all dogs. Turns out, spo- yeah. Pl- spoiler warning: Channing Tatum ends up. Be, being an anamorph and uh, turns into another dog at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. When are they going to make the anamorph? I was see movie? this. When are they going to do it? I mean, didn't they do? Was there a television show or was it a movie? Because there was show. there was a live action anamorphs something. Come on, YouTube, show me. Something. I know there was a Game Boy game that was. Like oh Pokemon. yeah. Wait, were you at a, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, God. Animorphs. Yeah. Uh, here's a recent news article. Animorphs movie loses creators over creative differences. And by recent, I mean 2020. Um, I mean, that's that's more recent than I would have expected the Animorphs news to be. Yeah. So they lost K.A. Applegate. Um, and I'll be reading Michael the article. So far, I'm like, to say, how do you know who created Animorphs off the top of your head, Peter? <laughs> I don't. I used the Umanumu. The Umanumu. The Umanumu. Wait, did they even? Did they ever like animate them like morphing, and that were they just like crouched down? Yo, yo, no, they did. I like to imagine that that Jake just thought that like when you turn into a dog, he just got down on all fours. It's like I'm a dog now, and everyone just believed it. Well, I didn't. I didn't know what they were gonna do, and then she fucking started morphing. Because before she just like popped up out of nowhere, and you're led to believe that she morphed. Uh, so you're gonna want to if it doesn't go automatically, go to forty seconds. That's when you see some pure morph. Uh, deliciousness. Um, so I thought they were just going to be like, oh, oh is that, wait, is that Neil Patrick Harris? No, that's uh, some other guy. 
<laughs> Pictured here, some other guy. I don't guy. remember what his fucking name was. Uh, but I, wasn't I just, he Iceman and yes, 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 he was. Uh, I do not remember his, his name, but he's been in other stuff too. Uh, here, let me IMDb this shit. Oh, I did not expect the monkey. I thought it was gonna be like, <laughs> like a cat or something. Nobody expects the monkey. Return to monkey. Yes, I remember. Yo, was this made I in Canada? As well, come on. Probably. This looks pretty fucking Canadian. This is uh, Shane or Shane Sean Ashmore is the guy. Uh, he was uh, Iceman in Sean Ashmore. Yeah, he was in X Two. Um, he was also in Frozen, the like horror story, horror movie, or whatever. Uh, X Men Ruins. Yeah, whatever. He's been in shit. But yeah, and Animorphs, most notably. You know, um, I would say it's pretty notable. <laughs> Animorphs, not not at the box office this week, unfortunately. No. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home still is, though, and it's still clinging on to third place. You're welcome. 9.2. <laughs> I just spent $32 at the movie theater to go see this bad boy again. You're delaying the shipment of my Blu-ray, damn it. Stop going to see this movie. Kristen hadn't seen it yet. So might as well go see it when it's in its 10th week. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it like... Yeah, what? It, there's nothing over like... It goes like one, like ones and twos and threes and then like a nine and a ten. Yeah, it, It's also funny... When I was in the theater, um, I mean, unless everybody was spoiled, it was everybody's second time at least watching it. Because when they did the big reveal of Andrew Garfield, nobody was like, oh, my God. Everybody was like, yeah, it's, in, it's the movie. Yeah, that was, it was like an actual movie. It was like an experience. actual movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. other than the people sitting in our seat, that was the first time. Them actually sitting in our reserved fucking seats. Get to the front row, you piece of shit. <laughs> what a bunch. It's like when uh, Peter and I were into that wrestling show and we Move had the wrong seats times. twice. Yeah. And each time we got better seats. <laughs> we started like on the on the edge and then we ended up like center row, smack dab in the fucking middle. Stuck yeah. in the middle with you. Um, just like Spider-Man No Way Home is stuck in the middle of its theatrical and home releases. Correct. 1.8 billion worldwide. God damn. God dang it, Bobby. Uh, Death on the Nile falls. Um, For Earth. Yeah. Falls quite a couple spots down to number four. Seven point seven million dollars. Jackass Forever down in fifth. Six million. And sixth, Marry Me, which is our spotlight film of the week, so we can drag it out on Uncharted. Um, and I figured that yep. this would be the best of the movies that I thought came out le- this week, last week. <laughs> so this would have been last week were it not for Death on the Nile. Um, 
So as always, we go to the IMDb user review sections because that's where you find the best reviews, not elsewhere at more professional or reputable outlets. IMDbUserReviews.com. Go, go read them. They're real. They're shit like this. Something. There's something real about this. There's something real about this. It just feels right, don't it? Um, uh, but it has a uh, 6.1 on IMDb, 60% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 50% on Metacritic. And uh, <clears throat> I got a 10 out of 10 review here from And So Shoe Anders. Okay. Marry me, 10 out of 10. Rom-coms are back. Jennifer Lopez shines. At first, I wasn't convinced about the Jennifer Lopez-Owen Wilson would work as a romantic pairing, but I was wrong about that. They had great chemistry. It's perfectly cast in the roles as Cat and Charlie. Was the premise unrealistic? Sure, but the movie's fully aware of that and acknowledges it. It's meta-humor. The movie was heartwarming with a mix of funny and tug-at-the-heart moments. Up there is one of the best rom-coms and worthwhile watch for lovers of the genre or those who simply want to be entertained. Jennifer Lopez continues to deliver and is completely captivating on screen. She just shines. Owen's laid-back demeanor was the perfect contrast. A must-watch, and don't forget about the soundtrack. All the songs are catchy as hell. No skips. One out of five. Found that helpful. Um, I have this. I have this one review where they said five minutes. They watched the movie for five minutes and was completely repulsed. Uh, life is too short to waste time to watch this movie. Does that mean they only watched five minutes of the movie and they left? I, I would. That's what I'm so. getting. But they don't say they left. Hmm. Uh, I was just confused. Um, we got Magha or Mage H. Magha? <laughs> Magha? Magha? Magha. He's Magha. He's Magha. Magha. It's or, Magha. Or it's, <laughs> or it's a Trumper being like, Magha! That's what I thought. Magha. 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 He's so, Magha. Maga says one out of ten J Lo Vanity Project. First, this movie is just plain cringe and boring. There was nothing new, surprising, exciting, or interesting in this plot. No chemistry between the main leads, and even Dog was not funny. Okay. Okay. <laughs> is that a review of the other movie? <laughs> yeah. And even stopped do- watching. <laughs> Just stopped watching maybe it was dog. a maybe it was a back to back like a marry me and dog at the same drive-in or something like that too. Ma- marry me dog now like j-lo very confused foreigner operates this drive-in i'm sorry now like j-lo i got epiphany okay go on She is the most shallow, narcissistic, greedy, vain, vacuous, (laughs) desperate person. This is probably like a real reviewer, like not some Alex Jones chud. There is no redeeming quality about her. 
Some quotes from the movie just prove my point. She thinks she is next level. Ha. North of only 35 age-wise and should be definitely nominated for something by now. Her hustler Oscar snub Sting, I guess. She has no self-awareness to understand that not only is she a terrible singer or no singer at all, she is also a terrible actress and an insecure woman. Well, I know women. Because of their terrible personality, this movie went down the drain more than it would if there was a better actress or a nicer person playing cat. Avoid by all means, even if you like rom-com like me, Alex Jones. Thank God I did not have to pay for this garbage. I stole this like I stole a car. 30 out of 47 found that helpful. Okay, really you, stuck you, the landing. Do you need a lozenge after that one? Yeah, I actually thought I was going to die halfway through. Uh, you wouldn't steal a car, would That's, you? So it's Some just a regular paper. Alex Jones night. Yeah. I had a bowl of chili. I went, went a little crazy. <laughs> would you say that chili often causes you to become forgetful? <laughs> Never change, so we can relegate you to history, Alex Jones. Legal documents can be such a blast when they involve crazy people. Um, yeah. uh, we got from Cards Rock, such a simple name, such a simple game. Uh, it's four out of ten. Um, four, four out of ten review. Divorce me. Why watch TV? Huh. Why watch TV when you can watch this and get the same amount of advertising from NBC Universal? The amount of ads in this movie is blasphemous, either for J-Lo and her career or for NBC's various products they're throwing in your face. Uh, The story has a ridiculous, if original, premise and chooses to go the most predictable route possible with it. The couple of Owen Wilson and J-Lo is just impossible for me to take seriously and makes watching this movie a challenge. That's not even counting the countless cringeworthy moments cookie-cutter dialogue, and mediocre music. 26 out of 41. I have it on good authority that it is a no-skip soundtrack. (laughs) It's in contention. Are you calling into question my review? (laughs) The the views of Cards Rock do not... not Is this an IMDb user reviews... That's this see. A, that's the one I'm putting the disclaimer on. I'm not going to disclaimer any of the other ones that we talked about. Just that one. That one gets the the buffer. We need to distance ourselves from that one. Yeah. Okay. Um, no skips. Sean Cacario or. Carico, Sean Carico. I'm gonna go with that. Has a time to and says he was it's a refreshing movie. Cause you know, with everything going on with the pandemic and all that, Mary Me brought just a little light to the end of the dark tunnel that the world has been stuck in. With the cheesy lines and the interesting storyline, I think it made for a good combination. I highly recommend watching Mary Me. Eighteen out of twenty six people found that helpful. Because if you're if you're in a dark place, COVID's got you down. Impending 
global armed conflicts got you down, marry me. It's a, it's a little bit of light at the end of that dark tunnel. Owen Wilson, Jennifer Lopez, rom-com. Get your food. So I didn't realize this was on uh, the cock. Uh, so that explains why uh, people were saying, I saw this for free. I saw this for free. Um, and yada, yada, yada. So if you want to go see it for free, just go get yourself the cock or the cock premium. Cock plus, as I like to call it. Go get some, yeah, go get some cock plus. Yeah, go get some cock plus for you and watch uh, some J-Lo garbage. Uh, shout out to... Uh, Funny <laughs> title that made me laugh. Uh, Stink Guru. <laughs> Gave me a little chuckle. But one out of ten, spelled correctly, by the way, quote, marry me deserves a quickie divorce by W. Wandry or Wobo Wandry. Um, now, spelled as in the person's name or a person's name, Mary, they re- go on to repeat, Marry me, marry me, marry me! Exclamation. Okay. I'm trying not to be mean. But I saw this for free, and I still feel cheated. (laughs) Okay. To put it nicely, Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson should be playing the parents of the 20-somethings getting married, not the people getting married. Every so often, they turn their heads or, or the camera moves and they wrinkle up and you can see how much makeup they have on and how old they truly are. The film itself, the first 20 minutes set up the actual marriage. During this time, I kept thinking... When's it going to start? When's it going to start? And then for the rest of the film, all I could think was, When's it going to end? When's it going to end? The writing isn't good. The music isn't good. But it does have lots of... Spoiler. Math. What? It's your money. You earned it. Hell, spend it if you want. But you've been warned. Four out of five found that helpful. <laughs> okay. What the fuck? Venom. Some may ask, how do you follow that up? I actually have an answer for you. And it's with uh, Felice Witch 1's uh, 4 out of 10 review, where she hits on the real issue of this film, All right, that none of these other ones have talked about. All right, we got a four out of ten review. Real fur ruined it for me. I love Owen Wilson and Sarah Silverman, and that's the only reason I went to see this film. It is quite fun, and I was on my own in the cinema, except for this one other loud lady who commented most of it to hilarious effect. Uh, why, why is he leaving his daughter behind? What's wrong with this guy? But the real fur, worn by, of course, Jennifer Lopez, made me sick to the stomach. I quite like J-Lo, and it's beyond how she can even wear real fur. How can she just not care? All the wonderful morality tale of the film felt so fake and hypocritical. How ironic! 
I'm even disappointed Sarah Silverman and Owen Wilson accepted to be in a film with real fur. Shame in you, Hollywood. Four out of ten. Four out of eight found that one helpful. Wow. You see, someone mentioned PETA earlier in the broadcast and it summoned their awful presence. <laughs> no, you just have to say it multiple times um, without like breaking. It's like it's like the Beetlejuice rules. Yeah, the, there's a subreddit that I don't quite understand called our Beetlejuicing. That's supposedly like speak of the devil and he shall appear type moments. But it's kind of hard to tell what's going on <laughs> on a lot of the posts. It's one so of I'm those actually sure that if like that's hashtags. the thing. Like r slash yeah. subreddits is hashtags. Yeah. Um, I just looked it up, the the r slash Beetlejuicing. First one, sexy pigeon. Yo, who's her surgeon? A sexy motherfucking pigeon, probably. Excuse me, what? Yeah. It's what just the where fuck? they mention something they say something that's related to the, the someone's username and that username shows up in that thread. And then thick pigeon came in at the end. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. A thick that's pigeon. The... Okay. Welcome to the joke. Wow. Ta da. Um Yeah. Marry me. Marry me. Sing 2 is in 7th with $3.8 million. Scream, down 8th, 2.29. The Cursed opened with $2 million. Quite a bit behind some of the other openers. And running out of the top 10, we have Blacklight with $2 million and another 9000 Whatever that movie was. Wait, what is oh, uh, yeah. How can you forget Blacklight? Travis Block is a government operative coming to terms with his shadowy past when he discovers a plot targeting U.S. citizens. Block finds himself in the crosshairs of the FBI director he once helped protect. Oh, it's a Liam Neeson. This is a completely new plot that's never been done before. Yeah, but it doesn't no have elements. does it have the charm of a Neil Breen movie where he throws laptops around? Like, come on. <laughs> I don't I don't know that you can reach that level of sophistication through mortal means. You have to be a fucking Nevadian Draugr to unlock this power. <laughs> oh god, I've been I've been revisiting some of those movies. Uh, wow. Through through a, a, a YouTuber <laughs> named Curtis Connor, who like kind of reviews some shitty movies and stuff, and and Neil Breenathons are are what he does sometimes the best. And uh, I did not know what the plot of uh, what is his one movie, the Twice Baked or something like that, or <laughs> Twisted Pair. Yeah, Twisted Pair. <laughs> yeah, I knew it had something to do with twos. <laughs> <laughs> Twice. That'd be a much better movie, Twice Baked. <laughs> Just him getting high twice. 
Ready to script for his next movie. Just him and his AI twin getting high and not being so goddamn preachy. Writing writing on the uh, broken laptops from Double Down. Or not, or Faithful Findings. Yeah, Faithful Findings, the fucking laptops. I think I think that one's the worst. I know a lot of people say Double Down is, but I, I think Faithful Findings is a little harder to stomach. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That one's just, it's just a little more soul crushing. Yeah. Yes, sir. You'll never see one of those on the fall. Well, actually, I think we need to invoke a Neil Breen rule where if we don't want to watch the movie and it comes out, we have to feature it in the IMDb user review section that week it comes out. I thought. Sure. Yeah, sure, whatever. That works. But you're going to have to remember right. it for us. Yeah, I don't know when this shit comes this. out. I'll, I'll do my best, but I uh, I make no guarantees. Except that there'll be news in our circle if there's a new Neil Breen movie. Oh yeah, that that'll be big, big whopping news. I don't know. I, um, I don't know if Twisted Pair did well enough to make another another Neil Breen movie. Do you think any of them did well enough to justify making another I, movie? I feel like Faithful Findings and Double Down had enough uh, cult backing to where they could be like, yeah, let's get behind them again. And I think um, Twisted Pair. Wait, wait. Are you insinuating that there are investors in these projects? It's just Neil Breen. No. So apparently, there's, I think Twisted Pair was a Kickstarter or some of that. Oh, yeah. He's got a, he's got a cult following. Yeah. And he made, like, I think he got, like, 7000 for it for Twisted Pair, which I think was a lesser budget than the other ones. But, yeah, I think I think he has some shadow backers where they they bankroll this shit some some uh some hot shat backers I don't think they're necessarily from our realm though like a, a lot of his stuff feels like it's definitely like magic like I don't think he can accomplish the type of shit he does with a normal human brain I think he needs some with like to to come up with the idea of robot jesus is that see we might see a Neil Breen cameo in Multiverse of Madness. It's one of I the mean, that's of Shuma Gorath. Hey, you say that as a joke now, but like, you never know. Breen goes where he pleases. Jake, I just thought up like a level 17 encounter for your D&D party. Uh, Neil Breen. Neil Breen, but he's a beholder. He's an archmage. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll have to adjust his rays. Uh, they come with so beholders... Their unique quirk is that they have like, uh, instead eight, of his eye no, stalks, it's ten? laptops. Yeah, they have like a bunch of yeah. laptops. <laughs> they have ten tentacles with all different powers. So I'll have to give him like a bunch of different laptops that shoot out different bullshit from his movies. Well, remember well, when you yeah, had that piece or, of pyrite if, that like didn't that like cured cancer? Yeah, yes. it was given to him by the lady in the Rolls Royce. That was never touched upon again in the movie. Mm-hmm. 
Remember when you disappeared all those people? Just in general. <laughs> He's a national security risk. He's Neil Breen. I, the president individual. of the bank, cannot live with myself. <laughs> God damn it. Wait, I mean, like, that's, that's not something a human can come up with, right? No. Um, he might actually I mean, he doesn't even look human. That's actually, that fits into Half-Life 2. Dr. <laughs> Breen is actually just Neil Breen. I think... I think Neil Breen and Tommy Wiseau are both aliens, but from different competing planets trying to assimilate into human society fastest. Like, it's a race. I think that's the plot of, like, the overarching world that is the Stephen King universe. You know how, like, there's the world, the world's outside and, like, with the dark tower and like that, I think those are the guys that like open up the, like Neil Breen, and Tommy Wiseau, like open up the portals and bring the monsters into the world. And by monsters, I mean they're fucking movies. That's <laughs> yeah. just like I thought for a second mind. you were talking about the new hit Cartoon Network show, Stephen King Universe. <laughs> well, there is a show that's like. Uh based on his books. It's got characters from different books of his. It's on Hulu. My girlfriend watches it. Oh, I think I heard about that. I forgot what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Castle Rock, maybe. Something like that. That sounds right. Whatever. Whatever. But there's that thing. Gaming news. Um... If you ever want to live out your John Cena persona fantasy in the comfort and judgment-free space of Stardew Valley, you can now, as there's a new Stardew Valley, <laughs> Stardew Valley, Stardew Valley mod which adds viral kitty, adds viral kitty stars, jeans, and jorts as NPCs. There are cats. I thought it was actual jorts. My bad. This is what happens when you don't read the articles before. (laughs) They're not actually wearing jorts, so I I can't claim John Cena for Sona Fantasy. But uh, There's probably a way to do jorts in it, though. Yeah. Wear jorts. And Stardew Valley. And you can have cats gaze upon you. Um, In similar news... Sure, why not? Um, there's a Cyberpunk 2077 NPC, which sends you nudes. <laughs> nice. Is that part of the? Is that part of the latest updates? Because that's the. I mean, that's uh, the news is that they did like a, a another patch. Yeah, p- version 1.5 is out now. Um, I haven't really gotten around to testing it too much. Um, but the version 1.3, the last version, ran pretty well for me on both my machines. So they're they're getting it hammered out now, but yeah, they ch- tweaked a lot of things. Some in the patch notes, some not. Like they nerfed crits pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. I was reading, which is uh, fair because they were kind of overpowered. 
Will this? Um, do you think they'll go full no manski on this? Um, I don't think so because <laughs> Hello Canes this week actually had some updates on Nomansky saying uh, we're not done by a long shot. Hmm. Yeah. They they're never going to So quit. I don't I don't think that you're going to have that kind of continued support where the team just feels so bad about what they did that they're they're, they're just they're, like become monks. They're celibate now. They they're, they're like a fucking they're, wookie with a life debt except they were given a game development studio. <laughs> Singularly driven to, to, to atone just... for their sins. Like, I will list off what they added. They added more houses. They added cars. They added submarines. They added living spaceships. They added villages. They revamped the multiplayer. They added, and this latest one, they added mechs. Those are all like. And that's just in the time that Peter updates. has been playing. Yeah. Which is not the whole span of the, the game's release. Peter has only been playing for, like, what, two years? Yeah. I mean, I haven't, ch- I haven't logged in in a little bit, but... Are they, are they coming for Minecraft? They got Minecraft on their sites? They're like, we're going to take you on, boy. No, they're even more... I don't think they can see more... anything at this point. They hit themselves <laughs> just... too hard. All they see is, no... they, all they see is updates. <laughs> um... And uh, speaking of Nomansky, there is some shots of them playing it on the Steam Deck, so hopefully they're going to be optimizing that for the Steam Deck. And then also, did they just announce it for the Switch as well? Was that in that one? Um, I think there was a Nintendo Direct about the yeah, Switch. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a cloud game on the Switch, though. Oh, okay. Interesting. Oh, yeah, that's right, because it's... They're they're doing a whole lot more stuff with cloud gaming and the because kind the of, Switch can't keep up with modern game because that's kind of the isn't that it's the a joke is that four year old SOC that was like a, just a pretty beefy mobile SOC yeah. at the time it came out, uh, but I guess they'd have to games. like put a lot of money into their servers or, or make put some money into their uh, network to at least make shit playable i don't know uh, isn't switch known for having like a notoriously bad like connection i don't i've not heard that at least at least maybe like okay for like their, fighting their, games their wi-fi uh solution is kind of bungus like it's mm. not very good like it's not well implemented well but now we have the uh the ability to direct connect now with the the new switch, the OLED switch OLED. Yeah, you can put in an Ethernet port, but um, apparently it shares the network card shares PCIe bandwidth with another part of the dock, so it's not like a full gigabit speed port. Hmm. That sounds silly. That sounds like they're bottlenecking us. Do something. Yeah, I saw I saw a video about that. It was kind of interesting. But, but what are you gonna do? Go buy a Switch competitor? Can't. Not yet. Steam Deck. Yeah. Could well, be argued as when a that when that comes out. Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see that have comp, uh, competition between that and the Switch. But who knows? Um, Elden Ring came out. Everybody's been yeah. hooting and hollering about that shit. Reception's uh, been pretty good to that, generally. 
I did hear the one thing I heard is that the optimization was not the best on PC. Um, and uh, even to the point where somebody had to finish their review uh, by switching halfway through to the PlayStation 5. But I don't know. All, all the other reviews sound really, really promising for um, just the type of game that it is. I mean, it's a Dark Souls type game, so if you played Dark Souls and Battleborn, Bloodborne. Not Battleborn. Um, Battleborn. Battleborn. That's a blast from the past. <laughs> Remember that Overwatch competitor, Battleborn? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone played that. Bloodborne. And uh, even like Sekiro. I mean, this is from gaming. Yeah. From gaming from studios. Soft. So Or from software. Whatever. I think their name is done. From gaming studios. <laughs> from software. So all their shit is kind of like a little bit derivative. I guess this was made in, um, in parallel with Sekiro. Uh, so it feels a little bit more like that era of graphics where they can, some people can kind of tell. They take some notes from it. Uh, but all in all, it, the world seems really, really full, and it just sounds great. The only controversies that came from is that there's no quest log, which is something that's not new for these games, and that veteran players are like, yeah, what what do you want? And the people are like, oh, I have to uh, carry around a notepad to write down all my quests. It's like, no, stop. Just don't be dumb. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, so I don't think I mentioned it on the show, but I did send these boys a, a bad picture of it rather than the link to the website. Uh, Capcom put out a little countdown clock last week and it was counting down to something that would have was scheduled to be revealed at the end of the Capcom uh, Pro Tour fighting game circuit so rumors spread that it was possibly going to be Street Fighter 6 and it was Street Fighter 6 so we got a teaser trailer it looks like it's being uh, developed within uh, the Resident Evil engine. Very photorealistic gra- graphics. Um, far more detailed than previous 3D Street Fighter games. Far more like grounded art style. And it's uh, Ryu and Luke, who was the last DLC character for Street Fighter V, which Capcom at the time said he was going to play a big role in the future Street Fighter 6 so um and Ryu's bulge too apparently god damn <laughs> yeah Jake quick on the draw with that link the the bulge and the toes were making headlines the wrong ways and the logo the logo looks pretty bad I'll get I'll give that criticism that but if that's the thing that people are are criticizing about the little teaser trailer um that's not the worst the thing I'm criticizing about is that it was basically just an announcement of a future announcement because all it said was more information in summer. But they did also release a fighting game collection with a bunch of classic fighting games, the Darkstalker series, um, some like Red Earth and the, the the fighting game that Jin from MVC2 is in uh, the mech fighting game uh, and Pocket Fighter 
all with rollback netcode. So uh, that's the like most attention that the Capcom fighting game division has given Dark Darkstalkers in years, and a lot of people are excited about that. Um, so yeah, it was a pretty cool cool thing. Uh, I'm a big fighting game fan, so I'm looking forward to this. But as like real OGs of this program will remember my excitement for and subsequent disappointment in Street Fighter V. So hopefully it's a little different this time around. I love San Francisco 6. My favorite favorite game to play. Uh, that's the immediate thing that I saw was San Francisco, not Street Fighter. I can't wait till we get it, to Street Fighter 49. There'll be some lawsuits. I guarantee it. <laughs> it kind of looks a little bit like the cool ass you drawing your Trapper Keeper in middle school. They should have done that. They should have been done the go the all the way, do the crazy S. Um, I got an email about this actually before this article was published. Uh, but Bethesda is dropping the Bethesda.net launcher. So if you're someone like me who bought the physical copy of Doom Eternal and had to install the game through Bethesda.net launcher because you wanted to save 10 bucks um, and have cursed that decision ever since, uh, fear not because it's going to get rolled into your Steam library along with any money in your Bethesda.net wallet because oh that's, that's a place you definitely want to put money in. Totally bought all your games on there. Uh, but yeah, all that all that stuff's getting rolled back into Steam, so that's good. If I was on that launcher, not 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 a fan. Um, on a more uh, serious note, because um, I was making a joke about this earlier about the Ukraine, and then even before that, uh, my friend was telling me about Stalker which is a game uh, that takes place in Chernobyl. Um, and the Stalker Studio is asking for donations for the Ukrainian army and laments inhuman cruelty of Russian invasion. Um, so I'm not going to like post. I don't really know what if it's a link or whatever, but uh, you can if you want to donate or whatever, um, go find GSC Game World on Twitter at GSC underscore GW. Uh, and they have all their, their links to supporting aid. But, I mean, I guess it makes sense for a game that is so closely tied to the area that they would have some feelings about the situation. I guess while we're, while we're on the topic, um, I found this. It's one from uh, Reuters. Reuters? Reuters. I say it out loud. Um, <laughs> UK, uh, Ukraine war flashes neon warning lights for chips. Um, Russia's invasion of Ukraine by land, air, and sea risks reverberating across the global chip industry and exacerbating current supply chain constraints. Ukraine is a major producer of neon gas critical for lasers used in chip making and supplies more than 90% of U.S. semiconductor-grade neon, according to estimates. About 35% of palladium, a rare metal also used for semiconductors, is sourced from Russia. Full-scale conflict disrupting exports of these elements might hit players like Intel, which gets about 50% of its neon from Eastern Europe, according to J.P. Morgan. 
So, um, that's not going to be good. Chip shortage. No, no end in sight there. That's why they were um, mentioning the chips for not getting PS Five. Because the the stock market in the U.S. took a took a big hit today, um, but it seemed like it was only the S and P and the Dow, um, and a couple. Yeah, the two biggest indexes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> there were no like direct. You know, you didn't see like for some reason Facebook dropping a ton or Apple or Tesla. I mean, it was relatively down all across the board, but it was the two big indexes that took the hit. Um, and AMD and NVIDIA were actually not really phased by it too much. Um, so maybe that might, as it goes well, I on... I think the stuff for their future projects is fabbed like, way ahead of time. Or like the development of it yeah. is already underway. Yeah, I'd hope so. And, you know, maybe they maybe they have alternative sourcing, um, you know, lined up in, in case there yeah, is something I'm going I'm sure wrong. they have a second source that's just a little more expensive and, like, cost yeah. gets passed on to the consumer. Yay. Got to protect uh, those yay, profit margins. That's, that's, that's wonderful news. Um, kind of hard to transition from that into well, the show we we're going to talk about. I was going to say we could stop talking about war and start talking about peace. Ah, uh, yes. Peacemaker. Yeah, let's all, just um, do the, let's all just do the dance from the beginning. That'll make it all better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I, I have a question. Yeah? yeah? How many... Do you think more takes of the intro sequence were thrown out from forgetting the choreography or from not being able to keep a straight face? gotta be from breaking like i, I think the choreography i i i mean they're all actors they probably know how to i i i really think they're all you know decent actors um even even john cena to an extent but actors get the giggles that's like a thing they get mm-hmm. they do I, they probably think about just something really sad so now if you want to be like real pedantic about this i just imagine like when they were actually shooting it, there's the dance instructor behind the camera going, and one, and two, and in, and out, and do the mountain hiker. In <laughs> from the left, janitor, do your spin. <laughs> just yeah, it was yelling actually... out every move because, you know, no audio is going in the intro anyway. They're just going to put wigwam over the whole thing. <laughs> it was, it, it, this is fantastic. There was even some behind-the-scenes... Um... Uh, interviews with the cast and and director, uh, of course, is directed by James Gunn, uh, and he he revealed he puts a dance number in each one of his like projects, which I was like, wait, yeah. what, really? Yeah, that checks out. And I'm thinking right. back, and I'm like, yeah, I think I think that that tracks. I think he's got a dance number in in just about everything. Um, so I thought that was pretty pretty neat, you know. Yep. Um, and you know they had they just talked more about the dance, um, and kind of gave some behind the scenes training for it all. Yes, um, so. but let's let's talk about let's talk about the show. Uh, this is I mean this is just a, another James. It's a big James Gunn product. It's got it's it's the fun, and it's superhero adjacent 
and it's a good use of John Cena. Yeah, yeah. I think every everyone was pretty well cast in their roles. Um, yeah, this show kind of took me by surprise. I didn't really expect a, a lot out of this. I was kind of confused on how you could have a Peacemaker show given what happens in the Suicide Squad. And they kind of just brush that aside. Be like, yeah, don't worry about it. It's not important. Yeah. Peacemaker was like the audience favorite. And he didn't like actually die, die like Polka Dot Man. So we can kind of feasibly get that, make that happen. Yeah, I got lucky, lucky shot, you know, you know lucky graze. Where, where did I shoot him in the movie? I forgot. Was it in the neck? In his throat. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess they were able to stitch it back together or whatever. Um, but yeah, I I was very impressed by by John Cena just being a honestly badass and having a pretty insane arc throughout the entire show. I I honestly was expecting something more one note, like more of a uh uh oh shit, what's That's cuz you didn't see WrestleMania uh 33. Yeah. or 32, whichever one John Cena <laughs> had the um the existential crisis in Oh, the 35? 35. Whichever one was the first one during the... Wait, no, no, no. 36. Yeah, it was 36. 36. Yeah. Where but John I, Cena uh, fought all the other John Cenas from his past. <laughs> I expected him to be more like Vigilante, I think, is what I was I was expecting. And then they kind of pulled it around. And I think that was a smart move with how making just Vigilante kind of the one note a little bit of comic relief, a little bit of interesting shit going on with him, uh, and then John Cena having the arc, which was which was well played. Um, so, I I thought Leota uh, Adebayo or uh, or what's her name, Danielle Brooks, um, char- Danielle Brooks' character Leota uh, was was okay. I I did kind of think she was more of the weaker of the uh, of the group. Uh, I didn't really care that much for her stuff. I I honestly thought it was kind of a weird choice just like in the movie like why would her mom put her in that situation if she wasn't trained like that seems like a dangerous situation to put well it it really like the whole thing like a situation that magnitude and they make a joke about it like in universe would realistically warrant a greater response than Mm -hmm. this although at the same time like if you're looking at from from that perspective definitely uh, on the other hand, if you're looking at it from like a Justice League Unlimited standpoint, this is like maybe a two-parter in one episode <laughs> of Justice League Unlimited. You know, yeah. like this was no, this was a fucking two-parter of um, of Batman Beyond, <laughs> where where Starro mind controls the Justice League, yeah, and and they take care of it like that. Um, but you know, Peacemaker and five five agents are do not a Justice League make. <laughs> no. um, so they get to have a whole eight episode season adventure of this. It um, has been announced that it was renewed for a second season. Um, they're gonna have to change it up considerably, I think, mm-hmm. given where we're left at the end of the season. It was, it was very much a one off adventure. Um, I, I, it definitely seemed like they wrote it not expecting to get renewed for another season or being okay 
like not wanting to do another one because i don't know it, it seems like with a project like this where it's just one character done tell the story tell a confined story and you have fun with it it seems like that is where these people want to like leave it off but it seems like there's probably a studio push behind them saying hey we actually got a lot of good reception out of it uh do more and they're like all right twist my arm we'll take the money i think this is a good uh juxtaposition to uh book of boba fett which we reviewed last week because both these characters you know don't have a ton of established lore and aren't you know they have got some unknown backgrounds and peacemaker shows that with good writing and good casting you can make it work with however obscure a character book of boba fett shows how not to do that Mm -hmm. oh yeah absolutely yeah um i the the setting all right i'm just gonna i'm just gonna talk about random stuff uh the setting is great pacific northwest definitely vibes with a lot of the themes and the 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 white supremacists that he encounters also um fucking a plus to his trailer like i've been in a trailer or two in my time and that is what the inside of a trailer park trailer looks like fucking one hundo and you just kind of there's this beautiful sense of like when you when you're going over to a friend's house and and they live in a trailer it's like you you understand the situation you're just kind of like yeah i guess i'll i'm you know what i'm okay i'm gonna vibe it out i'm and that i'm gonna get back vivid memories i'm gonna get meta with you real quick uh and not talking about facebook um but I'm going to get meta with you and, and say that his trailer was kind of an allegory for America, where literally the outside is painted in America colors, uh, America's colors and the flag. It's like, oh, my God, like somebody took patriotism, American patriotism and vomited on the outside. And it looks nice. The outside is actually pretty well kept. Uh, if you were to look at it from outside, it's like, oh, yeah, this is fine. As soon as you open up the door, kind of a mess. And a lot of that patriotism kind of like slides away. And it's like, this is just where he lives. It's kind of disorganized, but it does the, it does the trick. It's his, it's his homeland. And who, and who invades it? Who, who attacks it uh, later in the season? Aliens! Spoilers. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> aliens. Um, yeah, the aliens, that's fine. They're, you know... It's funny. The funny, the funny joke is that they were butterflies, and butterflies aren't a violent thing, but these guys are. Um, yeah. They may see. So there's. This is a this is a comedic show. There's jokes in it. They make jokes, uh, and they make jokes about it going up people's butts. But we never, you never see a butterfly no. go up someone's butt. And you know what? That's a I'm- shame. I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of. I think I'm kind because of okay that's the it. biggest, the biggest uh, scene with the butterflies taking over people would not have been the appropriate place to put a shot of a butterfly going up someone's butt. I, you know, okay, uh, maybe. I didn't. I didn't want it. I was like, okay, we're obviously gonna. I I thought we were obviously gonna get a 
a butterfly butt scene. Um, but I thought really in the in the if they were gonna do anything uh, with that, they should have done it in that like mass takeover of the the sheriff station. It should have been the mercenary. Uh, and honestly, it should have just been somebody somebody in like the back, somebody in the back who like was like, oh, we're seeing it all go down. Say, oh, they get in through your mouth, and then maybe he puts a bandana or a helmet over like his he face. Cowers in the corner. Yeah. Ass out. Or, yeah, or something like that. And then it's just like, oh, I'm gonna find the first place. Gonna find the, then it the warmest s- hole available. Slices open the pants and crawls in his butthole. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I don't know. That that would have been a long way to go up to the brain. So yeah, so yeah. I, how I, did I, they get the big old sloppy slurp tongue? Uh, it like the butterfly doesn't like do any. It like kind of like gives them super strength. But you know that's maybe they just hit the the adrenaline button, right? But like, how's the little butterfly in your brain give big old suck tongue? Unless it takes out your esophagus, I don't know. I yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, maybe they just like extend <laughs> proboscis, just on. I mean, they yeah. start eating you from the inside and using your flesh and makes it makes it a proboscis. A proboscis. I, I feel like they like that idea came first before they kind of solidified yeah. what uh, how the butterflies worked. Yeah, because we don't see it fine. too much later, like later in this in the seasons where you start to see more of the butterflies, you see less of the the unfurling because you, you know in the beginning they still want to make everything like a a wowzer moment, uh, where you're kind of seeing, oh shit, this guy's you know unfurling uh, proboscis from his mouth to drink up some honey, goo. It's a very and, striking uh, and like oh. Oh, I get it. I saw it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, we can we can start talking about a little bit more specific plot to this. Sure. Um, and, and so this uh, takes place uh, right after, well, a couple couple weeks to a couple months after the events of Suicide Squad, where uh, uh, you get Peacemaker Chris Smith, who's uh, in the hospital. He goes home and whatever tries to start. Start his life over, and it, remember, he's a criminal who like got like released temporarily to do a job for them, and now he's like, "Oh shit, did they forget about me?" Like, so he uh, which kind of sets the tone, kind of sets the tone immediately, like right from the get go. It's like comedy, uh, uh, and then and then with a with a sense of urgency and like, "Oh shit, you're still he's still on the run." Mm-hmm. Um. And then I think are we um, immediately introduced well, to his he, dad? I don't remember or not. Yeah, he goes home first person. He sees yeah. his dad, and which is get, inspired casting. They got the T one thousand to be his dad. <laughs> that um, was fantastic. And that is, again, just good set design, good setting for this. This is definitely how I imagine this kind of interaction would go. Um, between someone, uh, you know, a, a guy and his his real white supremacist father, they got the fake uh, info war going on in the background. What was the name <laughs> of it? it was oh, I like, don't remember. Um, I don't know, thought fight or some shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> like the but, really um, cheap, obvious parody. Um, yeah, I, and I mean the, the the again the writing is really good. They're not really like in your face about a lot of this stuff, but 
through little subtle context clues and, and the way he acts. I mean, immediately Peacemaker starts acting like a different person. He starts acting like a child, almost pining after his uh, dad's approval. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, those it's those little moments where he like makes his dad happy. That's Which like it, it made for a good character arc, but it did seem kind of like it just was a switch that flipped for the show. Like, you know, he, he, Peacemaker kind of like attitude changing entirely. Like, I felt that transition happened a little too fast. Yeah, tonally, it, it, I mean, it, he became, it became a much more dramatic show quicker than, yeah, yeah, perhaps it should have been. And and they tried to, like, the first episode's quite humorous. And then, like, the second episode's still kind of humorous, and then they start pushing his, his you know, tragic backstory arc, and yeah. he becomes a much more, like, emotionally complex character, which is, like, good from the perspective of the show, but it happens real fast that he starts on this kind of trajectory. It does. And I think it starts It starts off, like, the dramatic turn starts with his talks with Adebayo, um, where she, like, starts to break him down, where, like, I at first thought she had, like, a degree or something in, like, psychology because she was able to, like, just identify certain aspects of him and just started calling him out on a lot of his stuff. And it's like, hey, this that's not how you, like, that's not how you're human, dude. It's kind of being a dick. Like, you had to start actually thinking about people's feelings. And then throughout that, we kind of saw him start to change and transition to a more uh, empathetic person with a very subtle drop of empathy but mm-hmm. you know it starts well, and it starts with um how he jokes you know no no and that's and that's a tough line to to teeter on uh because a lot of his original like jokes right off the get-go was like at other people's expense and making fun of people and ripping on people uh with like john economos who's like their it guy who is this kind of big dorky guy, and he's he instantly calls him out on his um his dyed beard, uh, which I thought was you know just something they were gonna like keep ripping on, and boy, in the end when they like really pulled that out, I'm like, yeah, it's like oh wow, fuck, dude, <laughs> you trying to fuck with my emotions or something? <laughs> like that's the thing about the show, which is I like, is that like. Tonally, from like surface level, you're like, okay, action movie, comedy, there's crass humor, there's gore, like that's one show. But there's like another show underneath that if you scratch a little harder, you start to see some of this like emotional um, character it's development. The, it's kind the of classic stuff. Scrubs dramedy formula, and it's yeah, it's very addictive. I, <laughs> and I think I think they did a really good job at at tastefully doing that uh you know while still making it feel like it's a action superhero or superhero villain you know suicide squad type movie you know because how many times would you see like a superhero try to be like oh i gotta you know not kill somebody brutally or whatever or just try to like knock them out the we we should talk about the set pieces in this like the the big um action events you know i want to talk about how well i mean on the with that like Mm -hmm. 
James Gunn, if nothing else, the man can pick a soundtrack. Like, oh, yeah. oh my god, yeah. The guy, a lot of a lot of jams in this. A lot of jams, and they're all con- it's all consistently, but it's all different. And that, Warner Brothers all- was again was all too probably all too happy to oblige. To I flex keep, their I keep fucking muscle. on this point, but it's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. No, they're like we've got a, the biggest library of licensable music in the industry, and we will use every last drop of it for you, James Gunn. Don't go back to Marvel. Stay here. Stay home. <laughs> I think that's really where he he exceeds is like picking a soundtrack that like fits the tone of a show. Which is why I was so disappointed with the soundtrack it. for Gog Two. <laughs> Yeah, it was what broke it. He's like, I can't, I can't express myself. The song isn't there. <laughs> Warner's Looney Tunes. I'm here for you. Um, yeah, the the so yeah, the soundtracks uh are great backing to things like the hotel escape scene, which is you know classic comedy you know that's like a comedy thing right out of like the 2000s like fucking rush hour you know um, <laughs> you got the uh just the whole judo master saga <laughs> yeah <laughs> just, judo master never learn what his deal is you know? no oh. he, his deal is he likes hot cheetos <laughs> that's and his knows deal. and knows some martial art that is not judo because he does way too much other stuff that isn't judo. <laughs> yeah, um, the you've got the fucking the the bottling company scene. Where yeah, he shoots yeah. People's heads off. He's like, oh my god, yeah. chill. Am I not chill? <laughs> <laughs> Am I not chill? Yeah, yeah. The oh yeah. I mean, awesome. Awesome, like little also foreshadowing too. I mean, when he's going through like the different helmets and he, he calls out like the X ray vision, and you're not sure how that's going to play into it until boom, X ray vision. I <laughs> would like, say, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. He sees the heads. I would say this is the correct amount of callbacks for a show to have. We're not, yeah. we're not talking future war. What was it? The Tomorrow War? Oh, yeah. yeah. When they Everything were just like. had to be called back. Oh my God! So many Chekhov's guns. Yeah. There's so many. This is the this is a good amount. This is a tasteful, and tasteful. the and and ones that you wouldn't expect too. Like like I said, the dye beard thing, like shit like that, callbacks like that, that actually meant something and uh, attributed to the not necessarily the story, but maybe character development, and were decent. Like I, I like that. Oh, the fucking. So I was just thinking about the I was just thinking about the helmets and shit. Uh, the human <laughs> torpedo. James Gunn just saw Spaceballs and he saw the one scene <laughs> where they come out at ludicrous speed and Dark Helmet goes flying into the control panel <laughs> and he's like, I want, to, I just want to do that scene. We're just gonna just put that in my that. show. <laughs> human torpedo, the, useless. Well, actually, it's it's not. It's what it saves the day in the end, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a final blow on the cow. Um, and, and, uh, like, I was wondering which ones are, I'm, I am, I'm looking up to see if, uh, if there's a list of the comic book accurate, um, helmets, but the one we didn't get to see, unfortunately, was the scabies one. <laughs> uh, we, we saw a little bit of the gravity one, just saw float up, but I want to, uh, 
segue. While Jake's looking up helmets, I want to take a quick mention of of the one of the the secondary villain of the series, Augie and uh, and his crew. Um, I want to say it's an inspired choice on James Gunn's part to make uh, the villain's name the White Dragon because you one get to adapt like KKK like hoods without actually having to make people wear KKK hoods. Um, and have it all kind of make a stack sense. And two, it perfectly captures the feeling that I feel a lot of a lot of people out there have when you real when you look into the KKK and you see what the name of their leaders are, and it's shit like the Grand Wizard and the Grand Dragon, and you're like, that's such a fucking cool name. I wish it wasn't on a bunch of racists. Like, why did they get to call like? But it's cl- still a lot cool of bunch of like racists in the show. And make it on a supremacist skinhead group. Come on, it's just <laughs> you're ruining it for the rest of us. That's my that's my two cents on on uh, the White Dragon. Um, also, uh, I appreciate that uh, in the climactic scene, the end of that arc is just um, Peace Baker. He just he just fucking does it. I can go shoot me. You're a puss. He's like, all right, all right, fine. Like it wasn't wasn't just that, but uh, you know, a little more emotionally involved. But I appreciate that. Like he he does kind of in a sense sack up and just does the deed. Yeah. Which, if you were in a more straight laced kind of drama, they they might not do. But it's it's a very cathartic scene. Yeah, and they do play on the emotional trauma of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost immediately. Yeah, it's it's the appropriate way to introduce that kind of emotion into a show like this. Mm-hmm. If um, that if that makes sense. Yeah. Similarly, um, vigilante great character like i like Vigilante. that character archetype just he's that freaky friend who will just they'll just do they'll just do weird stuff for you they'll just fucking take care of it or you'll do this that's that friend you go out and like they were doing like they're just fucking shooting appliances in the woods i i kind of yeah. want to go back and watch the first five episodes because apparently they changed the actor um after the first four or five episodes for to uh yeah, it's a Freddy Stroma. I don't know who he was before, but there were some creative differences that the old guy left. Yeah. They didn't reshoot his scenes? Uh, so I don't remember what... I think it's the same guy the whole way through. Uh, so they did reshoot, but I think it's the... When he's in the vigilante outfit... Oh, uh, so he's like the, the old body guy. is there, and then he's just ADRing? Like they did in Yeah, he's ADRing, and then... Yeah. Um, and then there are also reshot scenes. I think like, remember, remember those weird, like back and forth shots. Like there's one where, uh, vigilante comes in, uh, into, uh, Augie Smith, uh, his dad, the Christmas peacemakers, dad's, uh, like laboratory or whatever, the hidden room. Um, and it just comes in out of nowhere. And then they're having this back and forth where they just cut, cut, cut shot, reverse shot. Yeah. I think that was a scene that was originally maybe they were both in it for and they were having quips or they added that in to replace uh, a scene with the old actor. 
Could be. Yeah, but he killed it. They, I, oh yeah. I think yeah. they got the right guy for the role. No, I, I I totally agree. Honestly, I couldn't see him in anything else. <laughs> I'm I'm locked into this uh this Adrian Chase for it. Yeah, he doesn't have um many credits, but he he did really well with the material. It was yeah. definitely the the, the lovable the breakout star of the show. Yep. Just the uh, you know it's a it's a it's a character that's probably a lot of fun to write is the just the fucking cheery psychopath where you don't have to yeah it's he can just do uh you can have him sit down and just like boldly shit talk a bunch of skinheads in prison to their faces you're just like yeah. yeah you know what i don't see that too often he's uh yeah he's he's deadpool light in all the right ways um uh, Chris Conrad was the original um, vigilante. Can I just so. say that it, one of the letdowns of this is that the signature long barrel pistol that you know Chris Smith carries in the show, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. he never refers to it as his peace piece. And I just feel like that's a lost, uh, uh, you know, a lost piece of comedy. That James you should Gunn write picked up. You should write James Gunn a, a letter. Yeah, you should write him a letter. Maybe he can get it in season two. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Th- there was there was a lot of really quirky and and cool stuff they, we didn't they talk at all about did Eagly. with this. Oh yeah. Oh, how could I forget about Eagly? Uh, that's so part of the reason why he goes back to his dad's house in the beginning, um, is to get his bird Eagly, who uh, hugs him. At first, uh, his dad is so kind to actually take care of the bird, at least. So, he just kind of dad's all sorts of just a racist, nice guy, you know, begrudging respect. Yeah, Eagly is he's just kind of like this little cherry on top of a lot of scenes where you'll have this, you know, the main comedic beat or or something like that. Um, and then Eagly will just come in at the end and be like. I'm here too. Isn't this funny? It's a it's a kind of like secondary punchline. Yeah. A lot of scenes. Um, my favorite bit with him is in the intro of the show, where he looks down and sees that he missed his mark, and then moves up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does the does the little adjustment. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, he was it was used to good effect. Like they didn't overuse it as a comedic relief valve um they used it when it made sense and it worked uh well for that reason i think mm-hmm. yeah it's it's interesting like i think it makes sense it's it's fine the way it is um it's just kind of interesting to me that like they really didn't have any superheroes in this um which I mean, again, like like I just said, this makes sense. It's just you know you kind of you kind of think about it. You're like, I guess this is this is like a super. This isn't in the superhero universe, you know. Yeah. Uh, and aside having the from Justice League villain, right? Yeah, but I, having the Justice League show up at the end was a big surprise for me. I thought I thought they were going to leave it at name cuts and that's it. And then so you got spoiled. We actually me, got. So I was very sad. Oh about really? That. Oh. See um, yeah. Ezra Miller and uh, and and 
and your Jason Momoa actually show Duncan up. Duncan Idaho. Yeah, Duncan Idaho yeah. show up for that. I was like, he took he he flew back from his uh, from Arrakis just for this. Aquaman on Arrakis. Um, yeah, again, this kind of that kind of reemphasizes that like this would be a two hour. <laughs> it's a quick two hour adventure, Justice League in and out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, the they plot. Wipe the floor with the with the butterflies. Yeah, the, the actual plot's not super complicated. Um, it's which I relation like. of the body snatchers, basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you get these alien butterflies that come in and take over people's bodies, and they, um, I guess, ultimately the the reasoning why they were doing it was kind of I don't know odd. If that landed with me. Yeah, I don't think I think that was probably yeah. the weakest point. They didn't need to. They tried they to muddy the waters on you. And it didn't tie yeah, into it the didn't feel necessary. Of his character, right? Yeah, his character I thought was I th- learning that like it's it's about like moral. You know, it's not uh, the world isn't as cruel or like as morally black and white as you thought. Like, I maybe it ties in in that sense, but I don't know. It didn't. Yeah, it wasn't and, and, about control. Like he, like when they were having the conversation after, she's like, "Why did you do it? If, if they were going to try and help us?" And he's like, "I don't. It's better that we choose our like own destiny or something yeah. like that." When that really wasn't like a theme of the show. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it did kind of feel a little tacked on in that regard. Um, like it was just to, to have the to have the butterflies like kind of yeah, do it, it all for like uh, metal. global warming just, and I was like yeah. just destroying our own planet. However, like humans are on the on the same path as these butterflies. I'm like I'm like okay, sure, maybe, but seems like a stretch that you would go through all this effort to like essentially help us out. But really, in the end, you're only helping yourselves out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, it, it didn't it didn't felt like it stuck the landing i i almost would have wanted the ending to be like the whole last episode uh, up to that point can be like the emotional tension that can be the the drama and the low point and that moment where peacemaker executes the leader you know i feel like that could have been a great moment for like if you just wanted to like let loose with a joke that kind of like you know sets kind of relates to all the the character growth he's done it's kind of like eh, fuck you you know and a little a little more um light-hearted you know it, i think i feel like that would personally i feel like that would have been a better choice yeah. um but yeah. e- even even to the end there was still a lot of like really good attention to detail like um so the there was the first butterfly that he encounters is like a uh, like their leader, the leader of the group or whatever, and named Goff, mm-hmm. which is who was he? He was set out to like kill this butterfly. That was his first mission was set out to kill it, and um, he ends up like taking it back to his trailer and like kind of almost befriending it. And they acknowledge that towards the end that like this butterfly, maybe it's lying, but maybe it's real. Uh, acknowledges yeah. that like they're they're kind of friends, and he doesn't. He decides not to shoot goff like in the head where the butterfly is and kill him he and then at the end they pay it off to where he he kept goff again and is feeding him the remainder of the honey um i I just thought that the small shit like that even like the peacemaker logo on the side of the gun to where they paid that off 
and it wasn't just a one-off joke where he couldn't use the gun if it didn't have his logo. Really good attention to detail. That, to me, felt like... Uh... Like, uh, like it didn't feel like the, it was a gag that he wouldn't use the gun. It felt like, you know, he was trying to make the excuse not to use the gun in the moment, yeah. to me at least. Uh, when he was first talking about it, I guess, is, is like the, like, oh, you have to you have to etch it in on all my guns. Like, oh, yeah, like that was like the, I guess, the joke. And then, yeah, using it as the excuse, why not? Why he didn't pull the trigger? Um, yeah, it was definitely finding the excuse. Um yeah. But then the the nice little payoff again, this the show does a really good job of paying off certain things. Was it was a nice tribute to him at the end, saying, "Oh, I, I I did it for you to etch it into your guns without you even asking." Yeah. But yeah. I, um. Yeah. Like it. Surprisingly, a good show. I really didn't expect a whole lot from this, but um, this is like the perfect utilization of someone like John Cena. Um, and I'm excited to see what they do with, uh, season two, but I, f- I do have a, a sinking feeling that it's going to be a bit like a Guardians 2 situation where you have an unexpected hit and the second act isn't quite as good as the first one was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hopefully not. Hopefully Maybe we get... will just deal with all the fallout from the end of this season. Maybe. We shall see oh. in about a year or so. Oh, you know what? If there was ever a time to fucking add the question <laughs> into uh, a movie or a show, live action, this is that fucking point. Because uh, the, the ending was that uh, Adebayo just spilled the beans on the whole fucking Suicide Squad and all the clandestine shit they've been going through which was a huge status quo upset um, that, yeah, I could see that easily being uh, the plot of, or part of the plot of next season. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked by that. Um, but who knows? But we shall see. I think uh, I think we'll be looking forward to it. So that's going to be a wrap on episode 303 of the Saturn Studs podcast. You can check out SaturnStuds.com for links to our social media. We're on Twitter at Studs Saturn and uh, archived episodes, I think, between the Red Circle page and the old Blogspot archive. We've got just about every episode, sans like maybe a couple. Um, but yeah, all 303, plus or minus four, um, <laughs> would be would be available for you to to listen to at your leisure. Um, just another reminder that next week the show will begin airing on Sunday. This is not a change for many of you, as I see our day one versus day two download <laughs> analytics for every episode. So many of you will not notice, but. Uh, if you are one of the few who listen right on Saturdays at 3, um, do not freak out when episode 304 is not there uh, next Saturday. Do not Saturday. adjust your sets. It's the... It is the same bat channel, but different bat time. Hanging it was not the beach high five. five. That's also John uh, Cena. It is. 
It was also a great use of John Cena. Um, so yeah, uh, be on the lookout for that. One day later than usual for episode 304, we'll be covering, I don't know, something. Maybe Uncharted. We'll, we'll see. We will see. Um, it's, a, it's a new day. Yes, it is. And until next time, be well, stay safe, and party will get to 1995. Peace. Bye-bye.